As you can see, I want you to take out your scriptures and open them to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 5, is where we will spend the beginning part of our time this morning together as we listen to God teach His truth to us by His Holy Spirit in us once again this morning. I want to begin by saying thank you to Jake Goss for doing such a fantastic job preaching God's Word last Sunday. I know you were blessed by God through Jake as he taught God's Word, and we are so blessed by all the pastors and teachers of God's Word that we have here in our church family. We're continuing this morning in our exciting sermon series titled, Blessed, A Study of the Beatitudes. People every day, all through the day, search for the blessed life in what this world has to offer. People travel down every road imaginable, driven by the hopes of finding the blessed life in what this world has to offer, only to come away empty-handed. Thankfully, we know where the blessed life is found because God has told us where the blessed life is found. The blessed life is found in a relationship with God by faith in Jesus. Jesus told us this himself in John chapter 10 when Jesus said, I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance, have it to the full, have it to the max. We know that Jesus brings us and gives us and enables us to enjoy, embrace, and express the blessed life. The blessed life is found in Jesus, this abundant life is found in Jesus. Jesus is who I need, Jesus is who you need, and Jesus is who everyone needs. Amen? Amen. We know that Jesus introduced this blessed life to us here in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 5, as Jesus began each of these beatitudes with the word blessed, which means happy, it means well off, it means fully satisfied, spiritually prosperous. So we know, as we've been studying over these past several weeks, that we are blessed, happy, and fully satisfied as we live the life Jesus described, the blessed life that Jesus described for us in these Beatitudes. We live the blessed life as we follow Jesus by faith day by day. We live the blessed life in his power, not in ours His strength, not in ours. We live the blessed life as we follow Jesus by faith day by day. And now we come this morning to this sixth beatitude. And Jesus says in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 8, Blessed are the pure in heart, because they will see God. Say that with me. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. So we see in this beatitude, and as we just look at it from just an initial viewpoint, what an amazing beatitude. What an encouraging beatitude. What a challenging beatitude. What a rewarding beatitude. Jesus said, blessed, happy, and fully satisfied are the pure in heart. So let's take this verse apart so that we can understand exactly what it is that that God wants us to to take from this and apply in our lives uh, today and this week. First, let's look at the word pure. Pure literally means physically clean. 
It means genuine, spotless, unmixed. Pure also means spiritually clean. It means blameless. It means unstained by sin, immorality, impure thoughts, impure desires, and impure actions. Pure means to be unmixed with anything dirty, false, immoral, or impure. This was a word that was used in Jesus' day, and we see it used often throughout Scripture, Old Testament, New Testament. It was a word used in Jesus' day to differentiate between clean animals and unclean animals. It was a word used in Jesus' day to describe the purification process for metals. As heat was applied to metals, what would happen is the impurities, the dross, or the impurities in the metal would rise or float up to the top of the metal that, so that it could be wiped away. And what would be the result of this process, of this purification process, would be a pure, clean, unmixed metal. And so we begin to grasp this understanding, this idea of, of pure. It means clean. It means unmixed with anything that would stain or bring spot to it. And then we see heart. Heart biblically. It's important to think of heart from a biblical perspective because we see it in the Word and we need to understand heart biblically means you and me. It's, it means our inner person. Heart describes us, who we are, our personality. Heart biblically means the control center of our lives. It's our mind and our will, which produces our feelings, which leads to our actions. And so the pure in heart are Christ followers whose attitudes and actions, understand the pure in heart are Christ followers whose attitudes, motives, attitudes, and actions are unmixed with sin, selfishness, immorality, or impurity. The pure in heart are Christ followers who confess their sins to God. The pure in heart are Christ followers who focus intently on God. The pure in heart are Christ followers who are genuine in their love for God. The pure in heart are Christ followers who are undivided in their devotion to God. The pure in heart are Christ followers who seek to live pure and holy lives pleasing to God. The pure in heart seek to live free from sin and self. The pure in heart seek to live for the Savior, Jesus. Just as pure metals are valuable to their owners, so pure Christ followers are valuable to God. And so we understand and, and see this background to this, this beatitude and the meaning that it has for you and me today. I love D.M. Lloyd-Jones, Bible scholar and author, his paraphrase of this beatitude. He said this, blessed are those who are pure, not only on the surface, again, this gets to the heart of this beatitude, but in the center of their being and at the source of every activity, blessed are the pure in heart. Because they will see God. The pure in heart are not perfect. Understand, we see this all throughout Scripture. We know God's standard for us is not perfection. We know that 
The pure in heart are not perfect Christ followers, but they're passionate Christ followers. They're passionate for Jesus. They're passionate for the Lord. They're passionate for the things of the Lord. They're passionate for the people of the Lord. They're passionate for the word of the Lord. The pure in heart are Christ followers who are in love with Jesus and want to make sure everyone knows they're in love with Jesus so that they can share that love of Jesus to those that God places around them. So let's identify uh, a few points about the pure in heart from God's word that relate to this beatitude so that we can understand this beatitude and apply it in our lives today and this week, and then also share it, uh, the truth of this beatitude, but those God brings our way. Again, as always, we understand whenever there's uh, teaching time in God's word, the teaching time, the truth of God's word is for us, and we know this, but it's also for those that God places around us. And so it's meant to go into us. It's meant to take root in us. This word is meant to spread throughout us. It's meant to spread throughout you. It's meant to take root in you, but also it's meant to do those things, not just to bless you, uh, not just to stay with you, but then to go through you to be a blessing to those God's going to bring around you because he's going to bring folks around you this week, possibly even today, who need to understand part of the truth that we're going to share this morning, who need to hear the truth from God's word that God's going to impart to you this morning. And so we need to be ready to receive the word and we need to also be ready then to be obedient to, to give the word uh, as God gives us those opportunities. So the first point is God is pure. We've got to begin here. We begin here because it's the, the best starting place to begin. God is pure. God is a holy God. There is no error, falsehood, impurity, immorality, spot or stain of sin in God. God is pure. He is completely pure and holy and perfect. We see this all throughout the word, in particular, in 1 John chapter 3. If you're taking notes, jot down 1 John chapter 3. If you want to turn to your right real quick, go there. I'll give you just a couple of seconds to get there. 1 John chapter 3, I want to highlight a part of this passage that focuses in on, as John makes it clear, the purity of God. And so as we look at the pure in heart, as we understand what this word pure means, we begin with the reality that it begins with God. Uh, and God is a pure and holy and righteous and perfect God. This is a beautiful passage, a wonderful passage. I, I, there's, there's so many sermons in this passage that, that we can dive into, but we're going to stick to the point here this morning. Uh, so I'll do my best just to get through it to the main point I want to share with you. You'll understand as you read this verse. Verse 1 in chapter 3, look at how great a love the Father has given to us, has lavished on us, that we should be called God's children. And we are. We are God's children by God's grace through our faith in Christ. The reason the world does not know us is that it did not know him. Dear friends, we are God's children now. And what we will be has not yet been revealed. We know when he appears that we will be like him. When Jesus appears for us, we will be just like him. We will see him as he is one day because we will see him as he is. And everyone who has this hope, the hope of seeing Jesus, spending eternity with Jesus and seeing Jesus as he is and being made like Jesus, and everyone who has this hope in him purifies himself just as he is is pure. God is pure. God is holy. God is perfect in who he is and what he does and in 
what he says. The psalmist David told us in Psalm chapter 12 and verse 6, the words of the Lord are pure words, like silver refined in an earthen furnace, purified seven times. The psalmist said in Psalm 119 and verse 140, your word is completely true and your servant loves it. Your servant loves your word, God. We see that God has always been pure, God has always been holy, and God will always be holy. God will always be pure. And this is where we begin. We also know because of this reality that God is more important, or God is more interested in our purity than he is in our pleasure. God's more interested in our holiness than he is in our happiness because God is making us more and more like his son, our savior, Jesus. And God knows more than all of us that when we are holy and when we are pure, that is when we will be happy and pleased as followers of Jesus Christ. And so we understand God is pure. Number two, second truth is God purifies us. We cannot understand this we cannot purify ourselves because we are impure due to our sin. Our sin against God separates us from God, and it's impossible for us to purify ourselves, to cleanse ourselves of our sin. God purifies us by the blood of Jesus Christ. God purifies us. With the blood of Jesus, he cleanses us of our sins, of all of our unrighteousness with the blood of Jesus. John told us in Revelation chapter 1 that Jesus has set us free from our sin with his blood. And so we understand and realize the background to our purification. Jesus stepped out of heaven and he came to this earth in obedience to God the Father's plan for his life, which is to rescue us from our sins. Jesus came to this earth and he was tempted as we are in the ways that we're tempted today on a daily basis, and yet he never sinned. Jesus lived a perfect life. Jesus died a perfect death. Jesus rose again on the third day, victorious over sin and death. We now have an opportunity because of what Jesus has done for us. Jesus opened the way for us to receive forgiveness of sins. Jesus opened the way for us to be purified from our sins. Jesus opened the way for us to be cleansed of our sins. What we couldn't do for ourselves, Jesus did for us by shedding his perfect blood on the cross of Calvary. He died in our place. He rose again victorious over sin and death. And we now have an opportunity to receive his forgiveness, his purification, his cleansing of our sins. And we have an opportunity to enter into a relationship with God by our faith and trust in him. This is what Paul was talking about when Paul said to the church at Corinth in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, God made him who had no sin, Jesus, to be sin for us so that in him, by faith in Jesus, we might become the righteousness of God. We become the righteousness of God. We become right with God by faith in Jesus. And as we've said many times before, on the cross of Calvary, God credited our sin to Christ. He reckoned, he imputed our sin to Christ on the cross. And at the moment of our salvation, what happens is God credits Christ's perfect, pure righteousness to us. 
and allows us to enter into his family so that when God sees us, he does not see our sin. He sees the blood of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ, which takes away our sin and allows us into a relationship with him. How glorious is that? Man, that's awesome. That'll get you started right now. Man, I tell you, that is the purity of Christ imparted to us. Now, God also continues to purify us. We see in 1 John, if you're you're still there in 1 John, God purifies us of our daily sins as we walk by faith in him. Look at verse 7 in in chapter 1, 1 John 1 and verse 7. But if we walk in the light as he himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses and purifies us from all sin. God purifies us of our daily sins as we confess our sins to God. 1 John 1, 9. If we are faith, if we, if we confess our sins, God is faithful. He's righteous. He's just. And he forgives us of our sins and he purifies and cleanses us. He wipes away all that unrighteousness. And so we see God purifies us with the blood of his son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. The perfect sacrifice once for all. The righteous for the unrighteous to bring us to God. God is pure. God purifies us. And then we see the third point is obvious, and that is God wants us to pursue purity. Since we have received the purity of Christ, since since we have been cleansed of our sins, since we've been purified of our sins, God wants us to pursue purity. God wants us to walk in the light. God wants us to seek him first. God wants us to live pure and holy lives. And then we see this all throughout God's word, all throughout the scriptures. We know that God spoke through Moses to the Israelites in the Old Testament book of Leviticus, and he told the Israelites to be holy because I, the Lord your God, am holy. We also know that David wrote about this. David the psalmist wrote about this often. In Psalm chapter 24, in verses 3 and 4, David said this, Who may ascend the mountain of the Lord? Who may stand in his holy place? The one who has clean hands and a what? A pure heart. Who has not set his mind on what is false. Who has not sworn deceitfully. David oftentimes talked about God's desire for us to live pure and holy lives. The Apostle Paul, 2 Corinthians chapter 7, in verse 1, said this, Therefore, dear friends, since we have such promises, referring to the promises in God's word, we should wash ourselves clean from every impurity of the flesh and spirit, making sanctification complete in the fear of God. It's a mouthful. What Paul was saying is based on the promises in God's word, Paul challenged us to live pure lives to wash ourselves clean by confessing our sins to God on a day-by-day basis. He challenged us to pursue purity out of our love for God and our devotion to God as he continues his sanctification work in our lives day by day. It is abundantly clear as we look into God's word that God desires for you and me to pursue purity. It's also clear that pursuing purity is a great challenge for you and me today. Amen? 
Pursuing purity is one of the greatest challenges that we face, quite honestly, as followers of Jesus Christ. Pursuing purity is a challenge for us, first of all, quite honestly, because of us. Pursuing purity is a challenge for us because of us. What I mean by that is pursuing purity is a challenge for us because we still have this flesh that we battle with on a day-by-day basis. We're saved by God's grace through our faith in Christ Jesus. That is true, and we have all the power uh, that we need alive in us. The same power that raised Christ from the dead lives in you and me. And yet at the same point in time, we know, as the authors of Scripture shared over and over very honestly, that we still live in this tent of flesh. We still have this flesh Uh, that we battle against on a day-by-day basis. Jesus said we're to die to self on a day-by-day basis, and and that is something that we must discipline our minds and our, our hearts to do. Because this flesh rises up inside of us, and it wants uh, what uh, God doesn't want. Uh, and, and the flesh inside of us wants self and wants sin. And so we know the Spirit desires Christ-likeness and purity. And we have the Holy Spirit living within us. Which is why Peter said and challenged us to abstain from the sinful fleshly desires that rage and war inside of us. And he used those words, rage and war inside of us, because quite honestly, it is a raging war inside of us, this battle between flesh and spirit. And and we need to be honest about this as followers of Jesus. We need to be honest with ourselves about this war that, that rages within us. And so we know pursuing purity is a challenge because of the battle that we have within us. And this extends to every area of our life, whether we're at home, whether we're at the workplace or wherever we may go. It even extends into into the area of ministry at times. It's, It's a challenge. It's a battle for us to make sure our motives in ministry are to bring God glory and not to bring ourselves glory or bring fame to ourselves or to promote us. It's become more commonplace today for Christ followers to promote self than the Savior Jesus. To seek their fame rather than the Savior's fame. And we must make sure that we are alert and aware of this battle that rages within us. We also know that pursuing purity is a challenge because we are bombarded by the images and messages of this immoral and impure world on a daily basis. Everywhere we turn, everywhere we look, every button we click, is just blaring the message of the enemy, blaring the message. Take one more step, take one more peek, take one more click. Press this. Look at this. Satan is constantly attempting to lure us away from our devotion to God by his lies and his distractions and his temptations. He's good at what he does, make no mistake about it. He's good at what he does. And so as we look at this beatitude, there's many things that jump out. What an amazing beatitude. What a simple beatitude. What a powerful beatitude. But at the same time, what a challenging beatitude. Because if we look at this beatitude, 
there's, there's a point when we look at this and, and Jesus is blessed are the pure in heart and, and we find ourselves in the society that we live in today, in this world and the challenges that we face and the question is real clear, how can we live pure lives? How can we pursue purity as followers of Jesus? How can we do it? When we understand what's going on inside of us, when we understand what's coming up from outside of us, how can we do it? How can we pursue purity? as followers of Jesus? And the answer is, we pursue purity with a lot of help from God. Amen? Amen. We pursue purity with a lot. If you're taking notes, make that real big. A lot. Underline it. A lot of help from God. We must depend on God. We must trust in God. We must surrender to God each day so that we can follow Jesus by faith and so we can pursue purity. And God will help us as we do. There's several ways God helps us I want to bring to your attention real quick this morning. The first is we pursue purity in God's word. The psalmist said in Psalm 119 verses 9 through 11, how can a young man keep his way pure? By keeping your word. I have sought you with all my heart. Do not let me wander away from your commands. I have treasured your word of my heart so that I may not sin against you. Listen, God's word helps us and encourages us to pursue purity. The more we read God's word, the more we know God's word, the more we treasure God's word in our lives, the more we memorize God's word, and the more we're able to pursue purity because of the truth of God's word at work in our lives. As we look into God's word and we see the examples of the people in God's word who did and who didn't pursue purity, they both are examples that we can look at and learn from and use to encourage us and to motivate us to pursue purity today. You see, we can learn to pursue purity and we can find great encouragement to pursue purity from the example of Joseph who pursued purity as well as from the example of David who failed to pursue purity at a point in time in his life. And we see the ramifications of what happened, but we also see the restoration of God by his forgiveness in David's life. We can learn and we can live pure lives by looking at both examples. And there are many other examples that we see from God's word. God's truth comes alive to us and helps us and encourages us to live pure lives as we hide his word in our hearts, as we memorize his word then God uses his word to help us pursue purity. You see, the more we know God's word, the more the Holy Spirit who lives within us can use God's word at work in our lives to help us pursue purity. And that's why it's so important to get in God's word on a day-by-day basis. If all we do is come to this word once a week for just a a 30-minute time frame or a 40-minute time frame, and we try to glean from it, it's going to taste good, and it's going to sound good, and we're going to look at that, and we're going to go, wow, that really sounds good. At times, it's going to stomp all over our feet. It's going to be difficult to go down because the truth of God's word is offensive to those in sin. The truth of God's word is offensive to those of us who seek to live for self. And so we come and we listen, but we can't stop there because if that's all we're getting from the word then we're going to go out and we're going to face this battle this war that I was talking about inwardly and outwardly and we're going to get picked off we're going to get picked off we got no chance none of us have a chance to live pure and holy lives in and of ourselves that's not going to work And so we we understand that the word of God increases our desire to pursue purity. We also pursue purity, secondly, in prayer. 
We pursue purity as we confess our sins to God and ask God to forgive us and to cleanse us and to purify us of all of our sins. We pursue purity as we ask God to give us the strength to live pure lives on a day-by-day basis. We see David the psalmist did this. After David confessed his sin to God, he prayed, God, create in me a clean heart, a pure heart. He said, and renew a right, a steadfast spirit within me. Create in me a pure heart, God. Give me pure eyes. Give me a pure mind. Give me pure words. He said, renew a a steadfast, a, a right spirit within me. Solomon told us that when we pray, the prayer of the upright is pleasing to God. And God hears the prayers of the upright. And we see this as well all throughout the word. Prayer increases our passion for purity. Third, we pursue purity with one another. And this is awesome. We need each other's accountability to pursue purity. We need each other's encouragement to pursue purity. We need each other's help to pursue purity. And Paul understood this. Paul told Timothy and us in 2 Timothy chapter 2 and verse 22, flee from youthful passions and pursue righteousness, faith, love, and peace, along with those who call in the name of the Lord from a pure heart. God wants us to pursue purity as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. He wants us to help one another pursue purity. This is one of the many reasons why it's so important to be connected to a local church family. And I know you are already connected by your presence here this morning, and you're blessed and you're being a blessing because that's what happens when we're connected to a local church family. We're able to be blessed and be a blessing to one another as we do life together as brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. It's so important for us to do this on a day by day basis. We need one another. We need each other, especially when it comes to this area of purity and holiness, our our encouragement and our accountability and our help. And we see all throughout this word that pursuing purity is a lifelong challenge. Listen, it's a lifelong challenge. It, It doesn't stop at a certain point. We don't get to a point where we check the box of completely pure. We're good. Now we can go on to something else. That doesn't happen. Doesn't happen. It's a lifelong pursuit. Now listen, understand pursuing purity and holiness is going to come with times of success and times of failure. Which is why confessing our sins to God on a day-by-day basis is so important. We don't need to listen to the enemy who will lie to us and who will tell us in those times when we fail that we're no good, we can't get back to God, God can't use us ever again anymore, we're done, we've blown it, once again we've blown it, so we might as well just give up. And what happens is when we listen to those lies, it just spins us more and more out of control and further and further and further into the abyss of impurity, immorality, and unholiness. There will be times of success and there will be times of failure. And in those times of failure, we must respond as David did in his time of failure when it comes to purity and holiness. And we must cry out to God. And we must confess our sins to God. And we must beg for his purification of our sins and to cleanse us of our sins. And then we must join with David in crying out to God, create in me, God, a clean heart and renew a right spirit within me. It takes, it takes as well. Pursuing purity takes 
daily discipline that we must embrace individually and collectively. We must embrace it individually and collectively. And, and it's, we also know that, it, that pursuing purity takes humility at points. Listen, you've seen the statistics, and I, I'm not going to list statistics, and, and I could go on and on and on, but you've seen the statistics in regards to immorality, specifically in the area of pornography, and, and the, the control it has uh, on the world today, and how widespread it is, uh, and all the devastation that results uh, from pornography. And the reality is that it is not just a problem in the world, it's also a problem in the church. And so when I say pursuing purity also requires humility, the last thing that we want and the last thing that God wants and the last thing that we want as brothers and sisters in Christ, but the most important thing that our enemy wants is to keep brothers and sisters in Christ who are struggling, who are caught in immorality, caught in impurity, caught in the grasp and grip of pornography to stay there and to be embarrassed and to be filled with guilt and think they can't say anything, can't think that they can't share anything. There's no help for them because if they said anything or if they shared anything, what would others think about them? That's a lie from the pit of hell. That's a lie. If you are caught if any of us are caught, that's when we must humble ourselves before the Lord. And at times we must reach out to a brother or sister and say, I need help. There is help available. That's the beauty of what we see within the church and within the truth of God's word. There's help available. But we must humble ourselves at times to be willing to be open and to seek that help so that we can pursue purity once again. So we see God is pure. He purifies us and he wants us to, to live pure lives. He wants us to pursue purity. The fourth point is that God rewards the pure in heart. God rewards the pure in heart. Listen to this now. Jesus said, blessed are the pure in heart because they will see God. The pure in heart have a relationship with God by their faith in Jesus. The pure in heart will see God one day in heaven for all eternity. But the pure in heart will see God as well today. The pure in heart will see God today. This word see here is in the future tense, which means that the pure in heart will see God continuously in their lives, at work around their lives, and through their lives from now moving forward. We don't see God with our physical eyes. We see God with our spiritual eyes. As we give to Jesus, grow in Jesus, and go for Jesus. Listen, what a great reward. The pure in heart are, are able to see God. The pure in heart see God at work in his word. The pure in heart see God at work in his world. The pure in heart see God at work in their lives. The pure in heart see God at work in others' lives. The pure in heart see God at work as he saves us by his grace. The pure in heart see God at work as he grows us by our faith. The pure in heart see God as he strengthens us day by day. The pure in heart see God as he fills us with grace. The pure in heart see God as he fills us with peace. The pure in heart see God as he fills us with wisdom. The pure in heart see God as he fills us with understanding. The pure in heart see God as he fills us with patience. The pure in heart see God as he fills us with perseverance. The pure in heart see God as he fills us with mercy. The pure in heart see God as he answers prayer. The pure in heart see God as he changes lives. The pure in heart see God as he alters circumstances. The pure in heart see God in their trials. The pure in heart see God as he protects them in their trials. The pure in heart see God 
as he is with them in their trials. The pure in heart see God as he grows them in their faith through their trials. The pure in heart see God as he brings them through their trials stronger than they were before their trials. The pure in heart see God as he forgives their sins. The pure in heart see God as he empowers them to forgive other sins. The pure in heart see God as he meets their needs. The pure in heart see God as he empowers them to meet others' needs. The pure in heart see God at work around them day by day. The pure in heart see God at work every time there is a baptism. The pure in heart see God in every handshake of encouragement and blessing. The pure in heart see God at work in the preschool ministry. The pure in heart see God at work in the children's ministry. The pure in heart see God at work in the student ministry. The pure in heart see God at work in the adult ministry. The pure in heart see God at work in the women's ministry. The pure in heart see God at work in the men's ministry. The pure in heart see God at work in the dollar day ministry. The pure in heart see God at work all around them day by day. And the pure in heart see God at work. Amen. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Give him a hand. Listen. The pure in heart see God at work and they say and they sing and they shout, go God, go. The pure in heart, when they see God at work, all they want to say and all they want to share and all they want to shout is go, God, go. You keep going, God. Go, God, go. Go, God, go. Go, God, go. Go, God, go. Come on. Go, God, go. 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 That feels good, doesn't it? Man, that feels good. Woo! Man. Hey, who says you can't shout and stand and stop your feet and clap your hand and shout hallelujah in God's house? Woo! Man, that is good. That is good. And we need to do that. We need to do that. Because listen, there is a world all around us dying. Dying in their sins. And they need hope. And they need help. And we have it in Jesus. You see, the pure in heart see God because they know God. The pure in heart see God because they love God. The pure in heart see God because they seek God. The pure in heart see God because they trust God. Blessed are the pure in heart because they will see God. A few minutes ago, I, I said at the beginning of this time, I need Jesus, you need Jesus, everyone needs Jesus. So the question is simple. Do you know Jesus? Do you know Jesus? Have you received the greatest gift ever given, the gift of love and life and purity, forgiveness of sins, that's available to us by faith in Jesus? If your answer is no, then what a great, great opportunity you have this morning to say yes to Jesus. Our prayer partners are going to be standing here at the front with me, and they would love to pray with you. They would also love to introduce you to Jesus. If you're here this morning, you've never trusted Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord, then why not this morning? Why not today? Why not now? 
And if you have, my brother and my sister in Christ, let me just ask you to, along with me, agree with David the psalmist in prayer, and let's spend these next few moments just simply praying this prayer. Search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me, God. Know my thoughts and my concerns. God, would you see if there's any offensive way in me? And then, God, would you lead me in your everlasting way? My brother and my sister, what God wants us to do is just spend time in prayer. Maybe it's just personal time. The altar is open as it always is to just come and and to renew our commitment to pursuing purity and to renew our commitment to, to seeking him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. Maybe it's to go to a brother or sister in Christ and to be a blessing to them and to minister to them and that encouragement and that help that we've been talking about this morning and just praying with them as they're going through a challenging time. This is our time to respond to the Lord. He's spoken to us and now we respond in obedience to him. Let's stand and let's say yes to the Lord this morning.